Hey. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah. Welcome that was to the disturbing. Arrogant. Is that disturbing? <laughs> Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of April 4, 2011. This is episode nine and nine zig. Nine, nine, ninety-nine. We're on the cusp. We the are edge of the big the one, precipice, the big cahoon, the big enchilada. <laughs> no hell. This is Chris. Be- <laughs> no, we're not. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing agency that puts on the podcast. With me today are co 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 cohorts, cohorts, <laughs> co-hosts. Jackie? Jackie Rotaco, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. Welcome to all the new listeners, because I bet we double our listenership. Boom. With this one. (laughs) So we're at four now? Because this podcast got pimped to the nines (laughs) at the 16th National Summit on Healthcare Marketing Strategies in Orlando. You're pimping us out? It wasn't me. I mean, we, we used... We used the podcast to introduce our agency wherever that was appropriate. So our branding at the bar uh, function that we had, and then also when Chris Boyer and I spoke. And, of course, it draws attention when you splash arrogant healthcare marketing bastards up on a giant screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I imagine. So uh, between that and Chris Boyer and some other people uh, tweeting about it and talking about it, I bet we, I bet we got a lot of new listeners this time. Welcome cool. to the show. We'll Welcome. try to put on a good show for your inaugural session this is your first listener. <laughs> Listen, we're going to talk a lot about the workshop because it was, or not the workshop. <laughs> Old news. Well, we'll talk about the workshop. <laughs> we're going to talk about the conference because it was phenomenal. Yeah, It whatever. was phenomenal. You guys are going to be sad you weren't there. Rub it in. It's cool. Yeah. Well, it was great from a content perspective. Have you guys heard of David Meerman Scott? Uh, Sounds familiar. Yeah. He's kind of, he's got the same message as Gary Vanderchuk in many ways. So Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah. Okay. If you've heard Gary Vaynerchuk's message, which is basically anybody can rise to the top now thanks to social media and the right approach to messaging and standing out and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he kicked off the conference. And I've actually – he's got a comment on our blog because somebody that I know had blogged something about him, and I weighed in on it, and then they weighed back. And so uh, I'd actually had a conversation with him kind of before. But – he was phenomenal. You guys would have loved it. In fact, for speaking at the conference, we got a copy of his book, so I'll bring the book in. Uh, but the the book is the same as the, I think, the same title as the session, Real-Time Marketing, How to Instantly Engage Your Market, Connect with Customers. Uh, and it was just phenomenal. He had all these stories, some of which you've heard, like the United Guitar Guy. I can't think of his name, but when they broke his guitar and he mm-hmm. made that video on YouTube and how that blew mm-hmm. up. Uh, but he also talked about the woman who was... Uh, charged with building uh, a new theme park for Disney. Uh, and she came up with the idea of uh, the Harry Potter theme park. I can't remember what it's called. Wizard, Wizarding World or something. But it's this brand new. It's like, you know, how they have Epcot and they have, this is a whole right. new theme park. Uh, and th- according to uh, David Meerman Scott, she, she didn't have a huge marketing budget. So she basically told, she figured out who the best people were to tell, and she told seven people about this theme park. And apparently, within a day of telling these seven people, 350 million people had heard about the Harry Potter theme park. Hmm. So his point was, with the right content and the right connections, your message can go viral. Now, Disney, Harry Potter, obviously. Hospitals. (laughs) A little bit of brand (laughs) built in there. But his other example was a dentist 
uh, in Boston who all she did was use the Yellow Pages. And she was bringing in, I, I think, he, I can't remember the sales, but her her business was like $10,000 a month or something. It wasn't huge, and she couldn't figure out how to stand out. So she wrote an ebook called Healthy Mouth, Healthy Sex. And you can find it online, and it's really well wow. done. But it was all about the connection between a healthier mouth and a healthy sex life and love life and all that. And apparently it just blew up. And uh, it got noticed by the you know folks in the news. People started flocking. She had a strong presence in social media. Uh, and the end result of this is now she has like a million dollars a year in business. Uh, and it worked so well that uh, when Ben Affleck was in Boston shooting the town, uh, somebody, one of the stars, chipped a tooth. And they Googled, like, orthodontia or whatever and instantly found her. And so Ben Affleck actually went to her place. So she's got pictures of herself with Ben Affleck, which was like this. Right. Just shows that how much he stood out from everybody else. That's so. cool. Affleck. Affleck. So his point was pretty radical. Like, uh, you need to act now. You need to be doing things right now. Forget about these two-year plans because they'll be irrelevant in two years. Um he basically had a screw lawyers kind of act before the lawyers could even get involved was his message. Uh, and he also had the whole thing about nobody cares that, that you need to go out there and, you know, he, he had everybody go, uh, how many of you use the yellow pages? How many of you responded to a direct mail piece? How many of you, you know, all the old school stuff. And of course, hardly anybody raised their hand. Right. How many of you Googled something you were looking for? How many of you clicked on a link either in Twitter or Facebook that was, you know, put to you from a friend and everybody's hands went up. So, you know, he made a pretty compelling case for things that, you know, we've all talked about, but the one thing that was a little odd was like myself, he thinks Charlie Sheen is a mad genius. <laughs> if you can put aside the, the kind of ridiculous lifestyle and the drugs that this whole thing from a PR perspective is just, Genius. I don't know if you can put that aside. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think his mad genius would be what it, what it is if that... I mean, that's the whole reason he has the attention. Is You have to be able to put it aside, like, not get hung up, like, be morally objected to it. Because there'll be people that will, that will dismiss all his PR stuff because of that, I think mm-hmm. is the point. Right? You can't really put it aside. It's part of it. Absolutely. It feeds it. Uh, but he was talking about... How do you get your leadership? He said the reason why most of you don't have Facebook pages, you can't even get on, you know, online, blah, 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 is fear, right? Fear of this, fear of that. And how do you get your leadership past fear? And then his answer was Charlie Sheen. And I'm like, I don't know if using Charlie Sheen as a case study for the <laughs> hospital CEO is really going to help your cause. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, definitely check out his stuff. He's got books and ebooks and blogs and uh but he, you know i told him i met him afterwards i'm like you need to take that message to the ceos mm-hmm. they're the ones that need to hear this more that's cool so yeah it was really cool and it it really you know to me the whole i want to talk about this with you guys a little bit i got a sense from maybe the first time at one of these conferences that we might be at a tipping point in our industry tipping away from that old school old-fashioned marketing approach and maybe tipping over to, to embracing some of this new stuff. Based um, on the content and stuff? Based on the, the content, based on the conversations. Now, maybe this is an example of where I'm surrounding myself with people who are like thinkers and thus right. 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 it's an echo effect because certainly there were uh, 
examples of content that made you roll your eyes. Mm-hmm. People saying, you know, you've got to go out there and you've got to promote doctors and promote quality and, uh, you know, all the things that we kind of rail on, the stereotypical things. So you still, it wasn't like it was gone. Right. Uh, and definitely heard from people who were in sessions uh, or had conversations with others who were like, some folks still don't get it. But I sense just a vibe. That's good. That. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think I'm being naive? I don't know. I, sp- I don't know. Well, it de- I mean, it depends. And if you, if, you, if you assume that the representation there is, of the people there are representative of the, of the entire industry, I mean, yeah. what percentage, I mean, obviously 99.9% of healthcare marketers were not there. <laughs> so, right. yeah, I mean, it just it depends. <laughs> but if those are the influencers, I mean, kind of to your point earlier with, uh, you know, tell seven people about Harry Potter land and, you know, the next seven hours later, 30 million people know or whatever, whatever it was, you know, if these are the influencers who are at, you know, conferences like this, then chances are they are representative of where the industry is going. Mm-hmm. It, I think these conferences, you, you do get a pretty good sample because you get a lot of folks that are, uh, especially from the vendor side, you know, from the sponsor side that are pushing mobile, pushing social media, pushing all the new kind of ways of thinking. Uh, and you get some folks like our client, Chris Boyer, who are already there. Uh, but you still get a lot of folks that are have been around this business forever. Mm-hmm. The same faces show up. Uh, you get people that uh, don't stereotypically fit kind of the new thinking. So I think you do get a nice, broad mix of it. Uh, and what was encouraging to me was there were people I talked to that I would have either assumed or have known about what they've done in the past were more old-fashioned thinkers mm-hmm. engaging in conversations around new approaches. And that's maybe why I'm thinking, well, maybe this is starting to turn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, very well could be, especially maybe in comparison to other conferences you've attended, which you've attended a lot. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's, it was just a fluke or, again, who I surrounded myself with. Yeah. Because that was, uh, here's the fun part of this. Uh, you guys, have you heard of Group Me? Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I just, what is it again? I mean, I looked into it, the, some, probably because you were talking about it. I was yeah, this is it. so new, it's like yeah. infant. Cause, because it was, it was the big... It was the big next thing at South by Southwest. So the, that, you know, hip music technology mm-hmm. conference. And every year, Twitter was big. Was it two years ago? Oh, well, no. Probably one of the location services got really either Gowalla or... Oh, oh um, what is it? Foursquare. Foursquare. Yeah. Yep. And Twitter in the past. But anyway, it, somebody always rises to the top of this. Mm-hmm. And these group texting services uh, grouped me. And then there was... Something that's like a whale. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, but GroupMe was one of them. And basically all it is is uh, to start it, you need an app for your mobile phone. Mm -hmm. And then you build in text messages to a group. And then when you send a text message to that, you know, on your phone, to that number, to that group, it comes up as the group name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody gets the text message in it. Okay. And so it sounds so obvious, right? It sounds so simple, but I guess technologically it's t- difficult to pull off. Mm-hmm. So the first day we were there, keynote speakers get ready to go, and Jesse Stem- Stremka, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right because I screwed up every time, from Children's <laughs> Hospitals and Clinics in Minnesota uh, here, who I've met a couple times and follow on Twitter, he was 
he was sitting right in front of us and he said and we were just talking with it was me and a few other people like well how are we going to get together later let's have dinner or drink or whatever and he, and he was in that conversation he's like we should try group me and we're all like oh, i kind of heard of it what's that and so we set up a group and we called it the orlando party boat and there was about well there was maybe 15 heavy users of it but for the first night and the next day the first night actually at the reception where all the vendors are we went around trying to add everybody to this group and it was phenomenal experience because you had we ended up calling it the back back channel of of this smaller group that you could it's almost like twitter but for 15 people right so we were able to communicate while we were in sessions um, back and forth to each other where we meeting for lunch where we doing all this stuff and it was it was really uh, functional mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun because you oh, can I imagine bet. later on. I don't even want to see the texts. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> One of the nice things about it too is that even though it's tied, you know, it's tied to your app, but it's not necessarily tied to your personal, like to your phone number. So you can you can be a part of a group in these All situations. Right. I, I did actually look into this now because I um I was for for a group of friends who share a common interest. Um, uh, they, you don't necessarily have to give these people your phone number because you're linked to them within this group. I mean, it's all on your phone. Um, so it's the nice thing sure? about it is, yeah, pretty sure. Because yeah, there was no way to enter people. Number. There was no way to enter people in the group me without getting their, which was awkward because you were like going up to people going, Are you hey, sure? I think I, yeah, because it's text hmm. messaging. So whatever text they oh, receive on right, has but to I've, be there. Right, but don't you enter that into your app and then you, you become part of the group through the app, correct? You don't have to have the app. So a lot of people didn't have the app at all. Hmm. The, the few of us that had the app were able to set up the group. Uh, and then you could, you could view. Mm-hmm. There was two ways to basically interact with it. One was uh, no matter what, you had to have your phone number in there because it was texting. Right. Uh, so maybe you're right that if you just went app to app, you didn't. But I still don't know how the text would go out or come in without that phone number connection. So maybe it was possible, but as far as we used well, it, well, text doesn't have to doesn't isn't relayed using your phone number necessarily. I mean, for example, Glenna and I, my wife and I, text each other not through the texting app, but we use something called Texty, um, and that's done using okay. kind of like an email protocol. Okay. So I, th- that might be how GroupMe works how would, as well. How would like if I want to invite you to GroupMe? What in the world would I use? Well, I mean, if you're, you're part you, of GroupMe, you think that you there's, wouldn't there's need an, it? Okay. There's an email. I mean, your, your specific phone number also has an email address for texting. So it's, it's like AT&T. It's your phone number at att.mobile.net or something like that. If I were to send an email to that, it would show up on your phone as a text message right now. Okay, but um, right, so, what AT&T does. So but why, how would I ever provide that? I mean, I, the, the, maybe the only way it would work is if you had GroupMe, the, the app. And so right. you were already in there, and you could find yeah. Orlando Party Boat, and you could just become a member. Right. So, so then I wouldn't know what your cell phone number was. Correct. But starting out, we basically had to walk around, and we were talking to people, you know, some real high-end folks going, hey, what's your cell phone number? <laughs> <laughs> and they were all, you know, everybody was like, yeah, cool, here, put it in there. Uh, but clearly some people fell off. And what was interesting about this was if you didn't interact with the, with, with the group mm-hmm. after maybe a half hour to an hour, it basically kicked you out. Really? Yeah. It's, first, it sent this kind of obnoxious message that said, hey, the only way this really works is for you to stay active. If you're no longer interested, you'll be dropped. And at first, it was annoying. It was kind of like, well, don't pressure me. I mean, this was the technology telling me this. Right. But I think what it was doing was it was acknowledging that if you haven't responded, you're busy or you have something else going on and you don't want to be bothered. And so all it did was it basically took you out of the loop. Mm-hmm. And at any time, all you had to do was hit... Um, 
pound stay, like enter pound stay as a text message, and we'd bring you back in. And you could go back through the app if you had it and see all the things you missed. Okay. But it was, uh, it was a blast. Yeah, and that's where we were joking earlier. Uh, the phrase that we beat to death, that's what she said. Yeah, that probably shows up about 172 One times in the times. text thread. Because <laughs> it got a little crazy. Did anybody bring up the the color the app, color the app called Color by any chance at this uh-uh. conference? No, that's a, that, that one. It's been a new. It's a new, fairly controversial app that's out now. That's similar in the sense that it's all about um, group networking, but it's not about building networks like that. Um, there's there's a lot of question as to exactly how, the app itself is not very intuitive, but it's got like it had like forty million dollars of venture capital behind it, so I mean it's a pretty big deal right. to create it, but. Basically, like if you had the app right now, you start off by taking your picture and entering your name. And now anybody within a certain, like within a few hundred feet of you who is using the app, you become part of this group automatically just because of your, right. your, your distance, your, your relative distance to each other. Right. Um, so, and that's what it's basically what it's all about is like photo sharing somehow Neat. communication based on relative distance. distance. Of so it'd be fun at a bar. Could be fun at a bar. Could be cool for trips. I mean, there's a lot of privacy concerns around it too. I mean, the the, the people are all kind of up in arms about that right now. But why is it a privacy concern? You are voluntarily putting yourself out there. I agree with you totally. I think the concern (laughs) is people who just don't understand how it works or what it is, that kind of stuff. But no, I I agree with that point. Yeah. Well, I would recommend it for people that are, um, if you're going to a concert, if you are Mm -hmm. going with a group of people that you know, it is annoying to have to text multiple people. And it's very easy to set up. It's free. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. It was that interesting cool. was you could set it so that it, it came through as text. And the, we went, you know, there was a group of us that started this and it got to maybe 20 people. And half the people went out and did their dinners and things. And a few of them came back because we were all sitting around in a group for most of it. And they're like, what is going on? My phone was buzzing every minute. So they, they had, you know, every time a text would come through. Right. And in the beginning, they were laughing about it. Uh, but you can turn that part off. Mm-hmm. So they don't even come through as texts. And basically, you do, then you just have to monitor the group me app. Yeah. You know, what's, what's interesting, too, is that, you know, we kind of touched on this point, um, I think, on the last show or maybe two shows ago, where is, you know, one of the reasons that Groupon has become successful is because, first and foremost, it's known for what it does now. Although other tools have tried to build, kind of build it in, like Facebook has added features like that. Um, Google Maps has integrated right. these deals. Um, there's so many tools that already really kind of do what this tool does. I mean, you could do mm-hmm. this with Facebook, like with a Facebook app, if you wanted to, with like the, the, the new the group, group, the group thing, the groups, yeah, groups feature. Basically, you know, you message with each text other messages? if you've got well, basically, I mean, if you've got push notifications on or whatever, it lets you know when new messages are posted oh. on there, and if these people are all part of a group. Yeah, true. So there are tools that exist that we use that could do this, basically. Um, but again, they're kind of things that were added into right. what this tool, these tools are. And that's not first and foremost what Facebook does. I mm-hmm. mean, kind of, yeah, it is. But also some of these people you might not want to be part of your quote-unquote friend uh, network on Facebook. Unless you use Facebook professionally, then it's probably fine. Right, right. right. But, um, you know, LinkedIn could easily create an app to do something like this. They haven't, which is kind of ridiculous. It's, yeah. it is so, there's so many tools out there but that, that do this, but they're not known for it. So this is they're creating right. this and they're being known for it, right. yeah. first and foremost. And, so it's, that's and it's cool. because it's the only thing they do, it's very right. easy to use, right. well-designed. Uh, yeah, it was a, it, it's, it's still going on. I mean, the conference ended and we're still, all of us in the Orlando party boat are, <laughs> <laughs> are still communicating. That's, that's, yeah. that's that cool. That is cool. That's yeah. cool. Okay, we have time for one more, Adam. 
How yeah. are we doing? Yeah, we have like 10 minutes still. Well, what's, what's our time mark? Are we at 20? Yeah. Okay. We don't have to go a whole 30. Poor I'm folks. Saying, we've, we've got the time. We've, we've got, got the time. Flexibility. We've got the time. We're going to take it We've even. got the money. Oh, you guys Look. are so young. <laughs> you don't know that ad? No. Sounds so you got the time. Familiar. We've got the beer. Miller beer. Oh, that's old. Yeah, that's pretty old school. Yeah. I can never get any of these like references you guys throw out there. <laughs> old, talk about old school right there. Okay, so one more thing. It kind of ties into, uh, again, I, I spoke with Chris Boyer at the conference uh, on wellness and branding. And, you know, my, my main part of the, of the presentation was about how we think wellness is a fantastic way to build brands for hospitals and health mm-hmm. systems. And then Chris spoke about their Fit for 50 program. Uh, which was a really, really successful and uh, powerful way to activate that kind of thinking. And we worked with them at Innova Health Systems on building that. Uh, but one of, the, one of the reasons that we say wellness, it's not the reason to pursue wellness as a messaging strategy or building your brand, but it is helpful, and that is uh, kind of helping alleviate the negativity that can come from spending gobs of money on hospital advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's, you know, we've written, I wrote a a blog post, gosh, I don't know when this was last year called the assault on hospital marketing. What's the date? No, whatever. 2009, 2010. Something should be in the front. It's on the front. There it is. April 13, 2010, almost exact year ago. Wow. Yeah. Creepy. (laughs) But it was talking about how in the election, um, there were in the last election, there were 2009, I think there was. You know, there was a politician in Vermont who came out and uh, wanted to ban hospital advertising because we were having the mm-hmm. discussion around healthcare reform and money. Uh, there was a uh, NPR interview with somebody from healthcare finance who was talking what a waste of money this is. Uh, and we've talked about I some of this that, in the past, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the points for using wellness is helping to alleviate that because if you're talking about the wellness of your community and promoting that then it seems less egregious less self-aggrandizing mm-hmm. right so there's a there's a blog post recently on health leaders media that kind of talks about that as well uh, and it's titled hospital marketing costs remain cause for concern so uh, point that out just because I think it's something that people should always keep their eye on don't you think mm-hmm. oh yeah I think there's just more and more of that. And it talks about uh, Ohio Health was la- is launching a new branding campaign that must have just started March 28th called Believe in We. we? Lar- What's that? Believe in We? Believe in We. Like W-E? W-I-I? No, W-E. Oh. You wish. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, marketing execs worried about details like semantics, particularly the odd use of the word we. There you go. Look at that. And how physicians would react to using the word believe in a medical context. Oh, shoot me in the face now. <laughs> it's, an, it's a fair thing to worry about, but come on. We can't say believe. That's giving them too much hope. We can't say hope. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard of this? Either compliance or physicians saying we can't say hope. Really? Oh, yeah. We can't give them hope. We can't promise we're going to cure them. Well, we can give them hope, can't we? <laughs> Hope doesn't mean a guarantee. Hope means maybe there's hope. Oh, wow. You might get through this. Believe means you might not. We can believe in something. That's hilarious. 
That is but funny. chief among their concerns was the expense of the campaign and how hospital employees, now this is another take on this, who are under a wage freeze would react to Ohio Health spending big bucks mm-hmm. on a marketing campaign. Quote, it will take months, a year, but it's going to pay off, unquote, assured Ohio Health CEO Dave Bloom. So there's another angle to that. Yeah, I think there's danger, too, in using some of those words these days, though. I mean, what look, look, what? look at Believe? Well, well, I think that there's just, there's, look at the Obama campaign, for an example. Um, you know, his whole, his whole campaign was, was a change, right? Hope Based we can change. believe it. Yeah, I mean, he used those words. He used those words, and now you've got a lot of people who are just, you know, frustrated because there has been... That's what you ran on. That's what we wanted you to do, or that's what we believed you'd do, and now there's been very little change. So, I mean, these these words get used and used and used, and nothing ever comes of them. I think just like people are mistrusting the media, they're mistrusting – they're not – they have little, very little faith in, the, in that type of messaging anymore. Oh, totally. Well, I, I would say that I think you're dead on that more and more – and this goes back to where you were talking about this before – People have the trust in institutions is failing miserably, and this goes back to, you know, Enron and all the way through our recession and the crap our financial institutions put us through, and the government and you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, you know, from the dawn of marketing time, there's been the philosophy that don't say something if you can't deliver on it. So you know, politicians are funny in that way, and that they'll say one thing to get elected, and then. And this happens. It happens to almost yeah. every president, and I'm not trying to defend Obama, but they talk. You know, like from the outside, it's easy to say we should be out of Iraq, we should be out of Afghanistan, whatever. And then once you become president and you see the truth, you're like, oh no, we can't close Guantanamo, we can't get out of Afghanistan. Well, and and it, the truth is in the reality of of, of, the, of the limits of your power. And well, not that. the limits of your power, but what the reality of which you don't. Nobody can know until you're on the right, inside. Right. The right. But it doesn't. Hand. And the frustration of people who believe in that. Oh, totally. Right? And totally. so that, so you're right about that. You know, I don't know what believe in we means, um, but I can understand the sensitivity of hospitals and health systems who are at a wage freeze or are going through layoffs. Yeah, that's, um, that's tough. It's tough, but, you know, come on. Well, you, at the end, this, the article says it. For the most part, there's studies, blah, blah, blah. That study vindicates the multimedia approach used by most hospital marketing campaigns and draws on the old axiom that in any business, you have to spend money to make money. I mean, it's the classic statement. When it's a recession, the last thing you should do is cut marketing because that marketing is supposed to build your business. Mm -hmm. If it's not doing that, then it's a problem with how you're approaching marketing, not marketing itself. Right. I agree with that. But I mean, there was a local hospital who kind of did something similar. And I was friends with someone on Facebook who was a nurse. Right. And said just pretty much the same thing as this article does because they yep. were on some sort of freeze or they were cutting jobs. And, you know, the perception for the employees, I suppose, is well, I mean, we can understand it. But, you know, the timing of that, what you're talking about, we won't say who it was. Yeah. It, a lot of this is just timing, mm-hmm. because if I remember right, there was a senior executive who had made a like a speech or a video speech or something to the organization about their new right. effort in the public yeah. on the same day. Yeah, that people got notices or something like that, and Mm so those are things you can you can avoid. (laughs) You can say, "Look, if we're going to go out there, we believe this is the right thing, but we we can have some sensitivity, and we can delay it a month from the layoff notices. We can let's not have it on the same day or the day after or the day before, Mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, I think you can get around those kind of things, right? Uh, But if you believe in the power of brand building and marketing, 
which if you're in business, you should, then, <laughs> I mean, you got to be smart about it. Right. I mean, it, yeah. the, the problem is usually you go out there in a big way and it's crap mm-hmm. and it's hard to defend it. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know anything about Believe in We uh, or How Health and what they've done. All I'm doing is, is pointing out that they had that sensitivity, which is, I think, a fair one. That's it. Adam, you were so quiet today. Huh? Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I'm we, just, weren't, we weren't talking about tech stuff. I have no hope. <laughs> what? Kidding. You have no hope? I know. No hope. I can't believe. <laughs> Lost my will to live. Believe in hope. How physicians would react to using the word believe in a medical context? Wow. I mean, I, I'm not doubting that they f- worried about that. It just makes my skin bleed to think that you can as a physician. <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> or, or anybody would say, well, that's, that's going a little too far. Really can't promise that people can believe in anything. Don't you think? You guys are dead fish. We're going to end this podcast right now. <laughs> Got nothing on that? That's, that's hospital marketing, though. I mean, that's like the, what industry says that more than healthcare? I don't know if we can say that. We can't say that. Can we say that? Oh, I don't think we can say that. That part of it, that attitude? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I understand it on some level, but yeah. Okay. Well, we better end it anyway. I just feel this thing fizzling. All the new people that... Well, we weren't in Orlando, like, so I know you could. You, you try to get the, I'm trying to give you the vibe. I'm trying to make you feel like you were there. I think you have to be there. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> I, I almost thought of inviting you guys into the group meet, but then I thought you're you're going to be like, we're not. I'm not there. I can't yeah. see what you're seeing. I'd be like, quit abusing it. these tools, Chris. Tool abuser, you tool abuser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for arrogant healthcare marketing bastards podcast number ninety nine. This is Chris Bevelo. Interval Chris. Jackie Rotaco. At Interval Jackie. This is <laughs> Adam Meyer at AP Meyer. Yeah, I was at Interval Chris if you missed that. Don't forget to come How come you're not Interval Adam? I was. Well, well, here's the thing was, and we can, I guess we're not any of the podcast. We can share that story. You share the story. Yes. Well, we were, it was a little annoying to try to maintain. I mean, it's kind of stupid to try to maintain multiple yes. Twitter accounts, really. Um, we st- oh. we kind of started all started off using me. I had AP Meyer already. Um, Chris had re- had already reserved Chris Bevelo. I think quite a while ago. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and then we decided to use in our interval these interval accounts we made instead. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, you know what? Let's just use our, you know, let's <laughs> let, let our personalities show through and yep. let's try to keep it real and use our real accounts. Okay. Um, but something happened and Chris <laughs> lost his his account. His, well, his theoretically, name. you can change your Twitter name without losing all your followers and all. Right. right. Oh, okay. But you have to do it. You have to like, like if you do one, you have to do one thing before the other. And if you get it mixed up, like I was going to switch Interval Chris to Chris Bevelo because I had it reserved. Mm-hmm. But to do it, you had to cancel something. And so I canceled Chris Bevelo first. And then if you cancel a name, it's gone forever. Nobody Ooh. can ever have it ever. Including me. <laughs> so I was like, you know, of course, I've naive me, you know, Twittered Twitter. 
said, hey, you know. Did you tweet them or did you actually send a text? Oh, I emailed, I tweeted, I did everything. And I've heard this from other people. Never a response, never. Yeah, well, they're not going to respond to Joe Blow. Like we said in Orlando, it's three people in a room with piles of cash just rolling around. They're not going to answer anything. (laughs) 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 They're going to answer anything. But, yeah, so then I I, I couldn't switch, which is fine. Yeah. Although but, you still might be able to. We'll have to see if we can get it back. I would have to be like Chris underscore Bevelo or whatever. And I'm just like, whatever. Just I'll just keep Is Bevelo available? I don't know. Maybe. Bev? Check that. C-Bev? Bevy. Bevster? C-Bev. <laughs> All right. We will talk to you on number 100. Yep. We got some things planned. Do we? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see you soon. Talk to you then. Bye.